the new series of Space Time, Lucy and Andy Neanderthal, Jedi Academy, and then the Darth Vader books. Those are the main ones. My Transformers parody, The Incredible Chainbots. Um, I have cats and kids. Yeah, so there's yeah. Cat, cat, the two cat books and then the one kids are weird book. I'm actually working on the follow-up now that I've collected enough funny things that my younger son has, has said. No uh, particular schedule for it, so I'm just kind of working on it in between other stuff. Welcome back to Storyteller Station, friends. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that whenever and wherever you're listening to this, that it is a beautiful day in your neighborhood. And if you haven't guessed it, my special guest for today is none other than Jeffrey Brown, illustrator and author of many series, as you've just heard, and specifically the Darth Vader and Son series, the Jedi Academy series, the Lucy and Andy Neanderthal series, and more to come. So if you'd like more information and links to Jeffrey Brown and his works, you can visit sarahfenlandfalk.com to see all the pics, links, and show notes from today. Or, of course, you can visit jeffreybrowncomics.com. If you have an idea of who you'd like to hear an interview with on Storyteller Station, or if you just want to leave me a comment, please visit sarahfenlandfalk.com and leave it there for me. I'd love to chat with you. So without further ado, here is the interview with Jeffrey Brown. Good morning. I have Jeffrey Brown on the line. Hi, Jeff. Hi. You like Jeff or Jeffrey? Either either one. Either one works. Yeah, either one works. Okay. I answer to both. Oh, good. <laughs> well, for those who are listening and may not know, though I, I'm not sure how you would not know, Jeffrey Brown is the New York Times bestselling cartoonist and author of the Darth Vader and Son series, as well as the Middle Grade Jedi Academy series. Um, and when I read your bio, Jeffrey, I was really excited because you are from Michigan. Yeah, Grand Rapids. Originally from West, Michigan. Yeah, West yes. Michigan. Yes. And I'm a Michigander. I actually have my native uh, sweatshirt on today. <laughs> my Michigan sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing um, a Red Wing shirt myself. Well, there we go. So. We're, we got it covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am really I'm really happy to be talking to you. I'm really excited that we get to have a conversation. Um, I have four boys who love your books. And so we have I think we have every single one of the Jedi Academy series and I have Darth Vader and Son in my hand as we speak. So, um, I guess, you know, the first question I would have for you is where, where do you come up with all of, all of these ideas? Where did you, when did you start telling stories and, and how? Um, well, let's see. I mean, so, I mean, I've been telling stories my whole life. So, and, um, like, actually I, 
if you look at my Instagram, um, I post on Thursdays, I always post my childhood drawings because my mom saves everything. And so I have this mm -hmm. whole history of, of drawings from all the way back to when I was a kid. And I, I started putting little books together, little illustrated books, you know, when I was four or five years old and wow. um, just basically never stopped. Um, so I've, I've, it's always been, you know, I've always been a big reader. Um, you know, my parents were both big readers and, and their, their way of getting my brothers and I to, to let them take us to the bookstore was like, we all got to pick out a book. And so, and then I'd read these books and, you know, I, it just made me want to like make books and tell stories. And hmm. um, so, so it started, you know, just all, all the way back when I was a kid and, yeah. um, and then the inspiration, you know, it's, it, it, mostly it's just real life. Like even when I'm doing the star Wars books, like, like Jedi Academy is, is basically me in middle school. Yeah, I always, I always, in, in all my work, whether it's Star Wars or Neanderthals or, or anything, I always try to, to draw from real life and put, you know, things that I observe in the real world in, into my work. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So then it, when you're doing that, when you're thinking that way, it's like inspiration comes everywhere. It's from everywhere. <laughs> Hard to yeah, say I mean, fun. yeah, you know, it's, it's the classic question is where, where do you get your ideas? And it's like, wh where don't I get ideas from? You know, it's, you know, yes. like, I, you know, sometimes I, I get ideas from, from life. And sometimes it's, you know, maybe you, I like, I like reading a lot of science articles, obviously, with the Neanderthal series. That, but, you know, like, you know, and then you just go down this, this, path of thinking like well you know what what does this lead to what what would happen mm -hmm. if you know a couple kids were dealing with this situation or I don't know it just, it just um I try to always be open and like kind of listening I, not literally listening but you know being open to the world like and what's happening and you know putting things away in my mind like able to use that later yeah. And I love asking those questions like then what happened or you know what would happen? I like I like those questions. Yeah. So one one question I have about, you know, you have inspiration, you you get it from everywhere. I love that you say where don't I get inspiration? And I wonder what comes first for you? Is it the storyline or is it the pictures because you are like the the complete package you you're the illustrator and the author which is to me is yeah awesome <laughs> yeah, so which I mean, comes it's, first or do they just come together in a, in a way a lot of times they come together um it's rare though that the picture comes first without the story um for me like this the picture is just a way of telling the story. So um, it'd be like, it's kind of like asking the same thing, like which comes first, the, the, the paragraphs or the story, you know, like it's okay. like that kind of idea. Like, like the, 
so the the story is always what's what's underneath and what's the core and and I guess because I draw like it comes visually a lot of times when I'm thinking of it but um in terms of process that means like I the first thing I do is just make a bunch of notes and it's you know just writing a lot down a lot of ideas and sometimes there's a little doodle that goes with that but um it's a lot of just text and figuring out what's going to be part of the story and then I you know fashion that start fashioning that into outlines um and kind of figuring out you know what is what is the skeleton of the story? What are the key elements? What is the arc of the narrative? Like what's going to happen with the characters? And you know, I I think with with comics, um, you know, a, a, if you have a weak story with really good drawings, um, you know, it's not going to be very engaging to read. Like it might be fun to look at, but you know, it's like kids aren't going to be as interested. But if you have a really good story and the, maybe the drawings aren't great, like, you know, like you, you don't, you don't even notice that the drawings aren't great if the story is great. And so mm. um, that's why I always, I always want to make sure that the story is taken care of first, like that, that I've got the story um, as good as I can get it. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And it, it does make sense to me now hearing you talk about it, that the, that it all has to come together. Cause I guess as someone who cannot draw um, to save her life, <laughs> um, I always thought, you know, I wonder if you create a character and, and then start asking questions about that character or have a drawing of, you know, a particular scene and then kind of grow a story out of that. But it, it does make sense to me that as you're creating your storyboards and kind of that outline that it just all comes together. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that happens too, though, the, the idea that, you know, like, and I, I, I guess it's, you know, the same thing can happen in prose writing, but, you know, I, I might draw a character and I might think like, okay, this is this character, this is their personality. This is their kind of, history and situation um but then you you put them in the story and you know they they don't always go where you think they're going to um like in the lucy and andy story like um the the character tommy is kind of he's he's a little younger and so he's kind of always looking up to the bigger kids and he's younger so the character richard who's another human like um, you know, he's not, he, he doesn't really want Tommy hanging on him. And then, so when the humans meet the Neanderthals and they meet, Tommy meets Andy, this Neanderthal, Tommy's like, oh, here's like this kid. And, and Tommy kind of looks up to Andy and Andy's personality is like, he wants to like, he's always kind of insecure and he wants to pump himself up. And so he becomes friends with Tommy because they kind of feel a need for each other. And right. you know, I, I didn't. I didn't have that planned in the story, you know, and so I'm writing the rough draft and as I'm writing the rough draft, like it turns out like, Oh, you know, Richard just kind of naturally became a rival for Andy. And then Tommy just kind of naturally became friends with Andy and kind of became one of his like little click. Um, yeah. 
So Yeah, I I love how the story develops as you go along. It kind of carries you with it, right? <laughs> yeah, I think and I think, yeah. you know, as a as a author, I mean so you know, once right writing the book is can be kind of uh like if if I have the story too planned out um, before I start drawing, that can also be bad because then I'm drawing and there's no surprise left, right? There's no, mm. no there's nothing new for hap to happen for me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it might be surprising for the reader when things happen in the story, but if I've if if I already you know like the the process is no longer fun once once I have everything figured out, then it's just you know grunt work. Um, so I, I always try to leave space, um, for, for things to, you know, go in a new direction a little bit. And a lot of times it's just leaving room for, for jokes that I think of at the last minute. So I, I try not to like plan out all the jokes in the first draft. I, I try to like leave a lot of kind of bland, bland moments of dialogue. And then the second draft, I start adding jokes and I always, I, you know, each draft, there's a few jokes. And so, you know, my editor is always surprised, like, like there's a, there's a new joke in every, every draft. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just, it's just part of like what, what keeps it engaging for me to make the books at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now you, how many rounds of edits do you go through just out of curiosity? Um, so the, the outline stage, there's, I kind of go back and forth with myself, maybe anywhere from 10 to 15 times, just kind of going through again and again. Um, and I handwrite it every time so that, uh, as opposed to, uh, like typing it out where I just might change one line of, of text in the computer by handwriting it, I have to rewrite the whole story every time. And so it's kind of like a way of, I end up double checking everything that's happening in the story from start to finish. And so I, mm. when I'm making those changes, I, I think I have a better sense of how they fit into the story as a whole. Yeah. Um, and then once, but once I've got it where I'm pretty comfortable with it, then I send it to my editor and we might go back and forth. Um, you know, she might have a, a few ideas or, Sometimes she's like, "This is great," but I I still might change it um, after she you know after she thinks it's okay. Then I do like a first draft, and the first draft um, I've learned over the years to not put too much detail in drawings, and I've actually reached a point where it's kind of really basic stick figures for the first draft because um, sometimes the story can change so drastically that if I spend too much time on the drawings and then, you know, like an entire chapter gets chopped or, you know, something like I've spent all this time drawing and um, it's, it's not even being used. So I've learned that that stick figures for both time and efficiency is, is the way to go for the first draft. My editor will read through that and give me notes. And a lot of those notes are more about the, the big picture side of the story. So she's not, too worried about, you know, necessarily particular dialogue or editing, you know, for grammar or, or, 
you know, like the kind of the details of the things. The line edits. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'll, so I get all those notes. Then I start the second draft, which is um, I draw kind of close, pretty, pretty much at the size I'll draw the final art. And um, with a lot more detail, try to, to fix the compositions and spacing and like where the text is going to be placed and what the text is going to be, although it's still pretty, it can be pretty rough. Um, then my editor goes through that and then she does like a little more of the line editing, but not full um, line edits. Um, but she'll uh, pass that on to the copy editors and they'll start working on that. And then um, she kind of takes all of her story edits and all the copy editors line edits. And um, I get this big document of, of everything. And then I do the final art. Um, and then the sense that, you know, as I said, like I like to leave room for things to change. So, so um, the copy editors need to go through that one more time. Right. Um, and then I make corrections to the final art. And once in a while, there's maybe like something in the story that that still isn't quite right. And I might need to redraw a panel or a page. Um, but, and then I do all the corrections for all the spelling and the grammar, which, um, you know, um, even if I have it spelled right in the first two drafts, somehow it can get spelled <laughs> wrong in the third third draft. And that happens all the time. So um, yeah, and then, and then sometimes there's, there's one more round of last double checking uh, of sure. that after after I've made the corrections and um, there might be one or two things last last minute things but yeah so it's a process <laughs> yeah um, now you have quite a number of books out and that sounds like a very lengthy process how how long does it take you to write the books probably not as long as it takes to edit I would imagine um, I mean each book is about a year um, so like, you know, the first draft usually takes a few months. The second draft usually takes a few months. And then the final art actually goes really fast because, um, the, the second draft is, I use a, like kind of as, or end up kind of being the pencils for the oh. final arts, but I use a light box and then kind of, um, at that point, I've kind of drawn everything enough where it, the the final art usually goes a lot quicker. Um, and so, you know, in between, so it's you know, it can be a month or two in between each of those drafts, waiting for for the edits and things. Um, but I do uh, I I do also usually work on on at once. Um, so okay. you know, while I'm while I'm waiting for edits on one one project, I might be working on like uh, a different part of a different project. So like with with the Jedi Academy series, I was I was doing those while I was doing the Darth Vader books the whole time. So um, that actually worked out really well because it's it's also a, a a different kind of writing. It's a little more maybe more like gag writing, I guess. Than <laughs> than than there's not you know, the Vader books don't have a strict narrative to follow and the drawing, right. the drawing's a little more, it's just a little more drawn 
like the drawings kind of exist for their own sake a little more than than like the longer middle grade books um, where the drawings are so much in the service of of the story and they're so the the drawings end up being more utilitarian I guess yeah and, um, yeah. and so it's it's good to like I like having like those different kinds of projects to balance each other out sure yeah yeah the the details in the Darth Vader and Son is definitely more um, there are more details in Vader yeah. and Son than in the yeah. Jedi Academy. Yeah. So. And it's also, I mean, those books are also, you know, they're 64 pages as opposed to like the, the Neanderthal books were 224 pages. Um, the space time series that I'm working on now, um, those are 256 pages. So they're, wow. it's like quite a bit longer than, than I'd been working. Yeah. Well, that's exciting, though. Yeah. So I, you know, I had a question about, um, and <laughs> sorry, I'm kind of going off script here. I, I told you what I was going to be asking you, and now I'm, I'm coming up with all these new questions. But the Star Wars series, so, um, you know, I, I am not traditionally published, and so I don't know if there's some legal um, caveat there as far as like um, writing in someone else's universe. Yeah. So, so with the Star Wars books, um, they're all officially licensed. So they're all those actually have an additional level of of editing because Lucasfilm. Um, goes through everything at every stage also so oh my goodness so everything has to be like this the idea has to be approved then the sketches are approved then the pencils and rough drafts and um and there's you know they have their feedback also um and i you know i didn't i didn't want to do those any of my star wars books as parody i wanted you know i wanted them to be actual actual star wars books and um so it, I was fortunate that, you know, when I, the Darth Vader and Son was the first book and um, I, Chronicle Books had published my cat books and I knew they also did a bunch of Star Wars books. So I, I kind of had them bring the, bring the idea to Lucasfilm. And I was also fortunate that um, there's people at Lucasfilm who knew my previous autobiographical work. And so they, you know, they liked, they liked the idea and they knew they knew my other work and so they you know it, it was just and it was good timing so um yeah i i, I didn't want to have to you know make it um like shadowy mm. shadowy evil dad and son you know <laughs> right <laughs> and then like like not you know like it was important like the 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 book doesn't work if you're not using the actual characters and quotes and scenes from the films that exactly you know, like um, yeah it just wouldn't be the same so i knew i i, I wanted to you know see if there's a way to, to to make it um with lucasfilm and so fortunately like was able to do that yeah that worked out that's that's great 
I yeah, I didn't understand the legalism, but that makes sense that they would have to have their say in everything that's being put out too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So in your story making, in your creating, do you have a personal mission in your storytelling and in the books you create? Is there a specific maybe readership that you're trying to reach or um, a personal goal you're trying to reach? Anything? I mean, there's, there's lots. <laughs> like there's lots. lots of goals. <laughs> you know, I like, and you know, the best is when, is, is when, you know, the books do more than one thing. Um, mm. So with the Vader and Sun series, one of the reasons it's done well is because it does that. It It's, so I wrote it initially thinking it was for people like me who grew up with Star Wars as kids and now had kids of their own and were dealing with <laughs> parenting situations. And so, and, and, they're, and those people get the books, um, but their kids get the books too, because it's like, which I, I wanted to make it open to like kids picking them up and looking at them, but I didn't realize like kids would like the books so much, like the kid and the kids basically like took over and, and Chronicle had to had to change their marketing plan from marketing it to adults to marketing it to kids in all ages and um and you know part of those books was just me like I just wanted to like be able to draw Star Wars like that was like a dream that I could check off my you know bucket list and what happens is you know it it also like I found like people were having this emotional connection with the books. Like, you know, I'd hear from a lot of people who for both uh, Vader and son and Vader's little princess, you know, sons and daughters who were like, you know, my, my, my dad was really into star Wars and I got this book for his birthday. And um, you know, we've kind of like reconnected and, you know, just Mm. stuff like, 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 so, like I always hope the books are entertaining, but you know, when they can, when they can have some kind of like deeper meaning for people, like that's just way, way more awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like Undertale series, one of my goals is that there's a kid who reads one and then decides like, I want to be a paleontologist when I grow up. And then, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting now for, for the kids that are reading those to like, graduate from you know finish grad school and <laughs> and write to me and say like I'm I'm digging up I'm doing you know, it <laughs> I'm, I'm researching dinosaur fossils because I, I read your book when I was a kid like that's mm. that that's like my my dream so yeah, like, that's have to awesome. hear that so where do you where do you connect with your readers most um, I mean, so I, you know, I, I still, I still do snail mail. So I have a PO box that I, I only check it like once a month. Um, but, uh, I go and I gather up all the mail for the month and, um, write back to, to everyone I can. I can't, like, I can't always write. So sometimes if, if, because kids apparently have a lot more time than I do. <laughs> like, like if you write them back, then they'll write you back. And then, um, so I can't always write like 
sometimes I have to like hold off on writing, writing to everyone, but everyone that's writing for the first time, for sure. I try to, to, you know, send actual mail back to, and I still, I get email. Um, I have Instagram, which I try to, to post a mix of, it's a mix of, uh, stuff I drew when I was a kid and stuff I'm working on now and my cat basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I do, I do a lot of, although obviously not, not currently uh, everything's being canceled, but um, I do, a, I do school and library visits and talks and um, those are always a lot of fun because I, so I have a kind of a, yeah, but then the best part is I, I get to do a Q and A and I always draw while I do Q and A's. And nice. so um, it's fun to like see what the question questions are. And, you know, there's like a, there's a certain questions that I usually get that I always kind of, kind of know what to expect, but then there's always like, you know, a few questions or requests for drawing something that, that I wouldn't have thought of, but. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that's like, that's probably the, the most, the most fun way I have connecting is, is doing those talks and um it's hard because it you know it's it's very much not my normal mode my normal mode is sitting at home by myself in a room drawing all day not talking to the outside world but um um it, it's good because and also talking to kids is great because they're so unapologetically enthusiastic about things like mm -hmm. they're so genuine um Sometimes, sometimes it's, it, it can be a little bit of a ego check where they're like, yeah, book two is not, it's not good. <laughs> like book one was, I'd give book one, seven out of 10, but book two, three, you know, like they're totally <laughs> honest with you, but, but, right. but overall, like they're like, you know, they're, they aren't, they aren't afraid to like something. And um, that's something that you know, like as you get older like it's like you're like oh I I can't like that for whatever reason like because someone else sure. likes it or because or because it means you know like there's something about it so I I always try to like uh get that from the kids too like in my own life like not be afraid like you know what I don't care I like this song I know it's stupid and cheesy but I like it yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you do visits at schools and libraries, although, of course, like you said, now that's kind of taken a little bit of a back seat here. Yeah. Um, but um, you are also spending time in a room by yourself and you have a new project that you're working on. Yes. Um, once upon a space time. Yes. And yep. can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so the series is called Space Time, and Once Upon a Space Time is the first book that should be out in June, and hopefully by then we'll you'll be able to to walk into your local independent bookstore and actually just get it there. But um, otherwise, um, hopefully you'll be able to order it at least. Um, it's a story of G-Day and Petra. They're two human kids and um, Earth has its first alien visitor and invites them to join him on his intergalactic space exploration mission. And so book one um, is they kind of 
train, they do their astronaut training and head to Mars where they'll meet their, the other uh, participants in um, the mission, which is a bunch of other kids, um, but all from other planets. And then there's some robots and um, it's, there's a little science creeps in, but um, I, 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 after doing the, the where I was, I was doing a lot of research and making sure everything like fit with with what we know at this time about how people lived in the Stone Age, um, and it, that was fun, but also a lot of work. So this because like the science is a lot more lazy, but there's bits okay. and there's there's bits and pieces in there, and so I'm hoping I'm hoping that actually inspires kids. You know, it's kind of like when you watch Star Trek and and um, you think like, you know, like, well, that, that actually is referencing like a actual theory that true or, you know, like, or they might take some, some actual theory and kind of twist it. And it's kind of fun to figure out where, what, what is actually possible and what you're seeing. And so hopefully, hopefully um, kids will, will, do a little bit of that with these books like get get interested in finding out what is the more the real re, what are the real parts of of the possibility of space travel so and then yeah, yeah. currently i'm working on book two it's called a total waste of space time and <laughs> i love it in the midst of, <laughs> of draft two so um, that's awesome yeah and that hopefully i'll finish that by this fall and in time for it to come out next year in June. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And I know that you can pre-order Once Upon a Space Time if you go to penguinrandomhouse.com mm-hmm. and search for Once Upon a Space Time. That those pre-orders are hardcover. So if you like hardcover, then that would be the thing to do. Yeah. And as far as keeping up with you, um, are you blogging more now that you're home or um, you <laughs> is know, that no? That's a no. I, yeah. No, I, I mean, I wish I, 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 like, so my Instagram is at Jeffrey Brown RQ and I try to post fairly regularly on there, but um, yeah, I found that between actually, you know, keeping up with, with the, the, the work and then, you know, kind of everyone adjusting to, from home and then I also I teach a class at the school of the institute here in Chicago and so I had to um it was a lot of time spent figuring out how that was going to work um teaching uh online so it some some somehow um you know it's like I feel like I'm even busier yes more to do that and I yeah yeah (laughs) yeah you know no I hear you it's because there's nowhere to go it's like everything is happening in one place work family life yeah it's it's Um, it's a struggle like I feel like um I'm hoping that that my wife starts to to see a little bit of um like I think the idea some people have of when you're working at home is that I mean I guess she's she's had enough experience that she probably doesn't actually think this but you know like you think like 
it's it's just a easy to to work from home. You don't have to go into work, but it's actually you know there's so many distractions and so right like you're you're in the same space that you you wake up in the same space that you went to you know finished working in yes yesterday and it's just um yeah it's a it's a it's a it can be tough but um yeah so yeah so not so and end result uh answer to your question no not blogging <laughs> not blogging anymore <laughs> Than, no, that's than normal, okay. But... And I should have known the answer to that because it is, I, you hit the nail on the head when you said you feel busier now in some ways than you were when, you know, kids were leaving the house to go to school yeah. or, you know, there was some separation from that. But yes, even working at home under normal circumstances does have plenty of challenges with Right. Um, like you said, those distractions, um, you know, I could be doing this or just that feeling like this is, this is where I always am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Sometimes you're just, you just find you're like sitting, staring at the, the wall and you're like, wait, what, what I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be doing something here. What's right. going on? <laughs> well, Jeffrey, I really, really appreciate you taking time this morning to talk to me and to share with the listeners of Storyteller Station um, all about your story making process and um, just to to give us a chance to get to know you a little bit more. And we will look for you on Instagram and um, for everyone who is interested, Jeffrey. J-E-F-F-R-E-Y browncomics.com is another place where all of the books and um, the news and the contact information can be found for Jeffrey Brown. Sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I hope you enjoyed my interview with Jeffrey Brown. If you'd like to know more about him, once again, you can visit jeffreybrowncomics.com to keep up with Jeffrey and his work. If you'd like to check out the show notes, links, or leave me a message, you can visit sarahfenlandfalk.com. And if you're enjoying Storyteller Station podcast, please go to iTunes and leave a great review. Leave me a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, friends, create something great.